0: Did you hear my dogs bark? They all just decided they would start barking. (laughs) Hold on. Hey! (laughs) Shut up! What's up? It's Brittany. And it's Jacqueline. Let's get Unintoxicated.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Unintoxicated. With Jacqueline. And Brittany. Today, we're going to talk about just the general topic of being toxic and dealing with toxic people the dictionary definition is toxic qualities as in anyone who is abusive unsupportive or unhealthy emotionally someone who basically brings you down more than up. there's also a quote that says you may begin
0: to feel dependent on him or her for their opinion and doubting your own and that's by carrie lang set we love carrie
1: what a queen we love her
0: we're really really good friends
1: with her So, obviously, (laughs) being toxic doesn't just happen in one place.
0: No. It can be seen literally anywhere.
1: Anywhere. I mean, I feel like the word toxic these days is used a lot in relationships. Because the word has become very relevant. I think the word is very, like, normalized. It is. I mean, I use it all the time when I hear about a situation of my friend with a boy or even with myself. I'm like, that's toxic.
0: Yeah, and like if you go on TikTok, all you see nowadays is like me texting my toxic ex or like toxic ex check, like it's always toxic.
1: Yeah, and toxic in a relationship, I mean, in respect to the definition, it's being mentally abusive or emotionally abusive to someone. There's a difference between being toxic in a relationship and having difficulties or troubles within a relationship. Yes, no, definitely, because I
0: think that can get confused a lot with being toxic. Versus being just, like, a difficult person, where I think one way to distinguish it is with the definition of, like, someone who brings you down more than they bring you up. Exactly.
1: Being toxic in terms of a relationship, a lot that comes with that is being controlling. I do think controlling
0: is a big issue in toxic relationships. I feel like there's times where, like, in a toxic relationship that you, like, stop doing things for yourself and you don't even realize it. It's, like, subconsciously. You stop, like, going out as much or stop hanging out with your friends as much and you just kind of focus on that person because they're so controlling that you feel like you need to.
1: 100%. Because once you stop doing things for yourself in a relationship and you start doing it solely for the other person, that's when you know it isn't healthy. I feel like in relationships you don't necessarily realize it's toxic, that you're being toxic or they're being
0: toxic, until you actually look back and reflect.
1: It truly is. If you've seen How I Met Your Mother, like, relationship goggles when you're in the relationship you are blinded if you like the person so much you are blinded by what they do and I do think when you are in a toxic relationship even if
0: like you don't know it and your but your friends start saying things to you it is slightly smart to listen to what they say
1: <laughs> once your friends are saying something that's when you know because it takes a lot for someone to mention that and I've had friends tell me you know he's not treating you well I would get frustrated with them, even though they're only trying to help me.
0: Yeah, that's definitely what I think is something that you see in those relationships, where like, you put so much praise on the person who's being toxic, that when other people put them down, it annoys you, or like, frustrates you.
1: And honestly, bottom line, unintoxicated, rule number one, if your friends are telling you something that your partner or someone else is doing to you, you can't get mad at that person.
0: No, you have to listen with open ears because they are an outsider on your relationship. They're seeing something you might be blinded by.
1: And if they are a true friend, they have your interest at heart. They're going to tell you things that you don't want to hear, but never get angry with them because for the most part, most times, friends are only trying to help you.
0: No, I agree. And if, like, maybe you're the one being toxic and your friends are like, I don't know, I feel like friends would be less likely to say something in that situation. But if they do say something, maybe take a moment to self-reflect and say, like, was I actually acting like that? Because they're probably not trying to make you feel like you're a toxic person. Where else do you think toxicity can be?
1: I mean, I've seen toxic relationships between families, between my own family. I love my family. Don't get me wrong. But there's definitely been times that I've been toxic or one toxic trait that I have been actively working on is that sometimes when I'm stressed or anxious. I'll be short with other people. I even though deep down I have no bad intentions without even thinking about it. And I'll realize later on and I'll be like, oh shit. I was just being rude for no reason. I was just stressed and taking it out on other people. And that's toxic. I mean, you shouldn't take out your negative emotions on others. I definitely cannot relate
0: with that because the other day I was watching I don't know what it's called, The Crown. It's like about the royal family. And Eric, my stepdad, would not stop giving me, like, history lessons about each person. And it's not like he was even trying to, like, be annoying. But I was getting so annoyed, I literally was like, cool, okay, okay. And he was, like, trying to be nice. But I was like, I just don't, I was just being rude for no reason.
1: No, I think anyone can relate, whether it's with their family or friends. Just sometimes there's that one thing that gets on your nerves. And once you notice it, you can't unnotice it. So then you get frustrated and you're just... Not always rude, but short, rude, any of, you know, all the above.
0: Where it's in situations where it's like with Eric telling me those stories, like I could have just listened and not have been rude. Or like if there is like one little thing that's annoying you to try as your hardest to block it out instead of letting it like affect your day or your relationship with that person.
1: I know in the past I used to be a pretty negative person throughout high school and college. Definitely I've progressed where now I try to see the positives. You know, if I'm having a rough day and I know that I'm anxious and I recognize and validate my feelings I can take control of them and you know not complain like constantly complaining around other people so negative all that does is bring them down
0: that is something that I think our generation really struggles with is they see everything as an issue like everything is complain worthy everything is world war three level like where it's simple things that don't need to make the whole day tragic.
1: I've definitely realized that, like, of course it's okay to complain. People get frustrated, and but it's how you handle it that matters. In high school, in the past, if something wasn't going my way or if I woke up early, got coffee, and spilled it everywhere, I would get so upset and it would affect my whole day where now I take a moment and I think this is one moment of the whole day. Five minutes shouldn't ruin 24 hours. Changing your mindset from being so negative into you know, how can I think of this differently and how can I change my perspective really can change your life and it's such a subtle and small change. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It is something that is so easy to change. Just,
0: it's an outlook thing. Like, if you have a better outlook on the little bad things that happen to you, like, you're going to have a better outlook on life overall.
1: You know, worrying about the small things. In the long run, anytime, let me rephrase, anytime something is going on, causing myself to be in a negative headspace, I take a moment and I recognize that whatever issue I'm dealing with right now won't matter if it's a small one by the end of the day. If it's a bigger one a month from now, I won't even even be worried about this, or six months, a year. You know, when you do have those moments of putting yourself in a negative place. We kind of touched on it earlier, but back to the difference between being toxic and just being rude. They definitely can go together. I mean, some people have bad days and take it out on others,
0: and that's just rude. Well, like, it can be. There's a difference in the complaining. Like, if they're constantly complaining about you and what you're doing, I think would lead more towards toxic, where I think if you're complaining about just, like, random stuff, can be seen as rude.
1: It's more so about how people handle situations, whether it's them handling it in a way where they find a positive reaction or how they handle other people's toxicity.
0: One way that I think is a good determinant on if someone's being like, if someone's just rude or if they're actually a toxic person, when they are kind of teasing people, if they have like a boundary and they're like joking, teasing respectfully, I think it can be considered rude or you're just like being silly. Where, like, I think a toxic person is just, like, they make people uncomfortable and feel bad about themselves to lift themselves up. Toxic
1: people or, you know, situations, a lot of it, when someone is being toxic, it's because they have an almost hidden agenda or just kind of like a backhanded comment or something like that. Because I feel like toxic people are those who are insecure with themselves and they take it out on others and they're saying things or doing things for personal gain if they feel like they always need to be right. It
0: is, yeah, always needing to be right actually is considered a toxic trait.
1: It really is.
0: Well, I think there are times in life, like, obviously everyone likes to be right, and a lot of people fight to be right, but I think there comes a time where even if you know someone's saying something that, like, not that it's wrong, like, inappropriate wrong, where it's just, like, you know their fact is not necessarily right, you don't always have to be like, no, you're wrong, this is right. Like, there are times where you can just keep what you know to yourself and just let it go.
1: If it's not anything that will change something else drastically, like if you were to tell me a fact that doesn't affect my life, why even comment on it unless it's a productive conversation? There's no reason to take a moment just to shut someone else down. I agree with that. I am someone who likes to be right, as most people are, but I'm also super stubborn, so it kind of goes hand in hand. As I've grown older, I've accepted sometimes I'm not going to be right and that's completely fine. And it's honestly changed the way I am in friendships and relationships because I can take that moment to be like, just because I want to be right doesn't mean I should be or doesn't mean I am.
0: I do agree with that a lot. I feel like when it comes to the always right situations, it is one of those things that like, if it doesn't affect you, why do you have to be the one to butt in and be like, it almost makes you look bad if you're like, no, I'm right all the time. Not saying you, Jacqueline, but like in general, like anyone. You don't want to be the person that people are like, they literally fact-checked me like seven times today because that's just annoying
1: another thing about toxic relationships or friendships like I know I have relationships that I feel like I'm walking on eggshells almost because if I do or say the wrong thing at any given time if they're in a bad mood or if they're just
0: in a mood at all
1: that's toxic
0: definitely think that is a big thing like I get someone's having a bad day and like something little sets them off that's totally different but there are like the people out there that You, every time you're around them, you're nervous. You're going to say something wrong. Something's going to go wrong that's going to cause them to go into, like, a downhill, downhill spiral. Or, like, being in a toxic relationship, you don't know, like, one day you can say something to them and it's totally fine. And the next day it's, like, you say the exact same thing or do exactly the same thing and they're, like, ending your life for it.
1: This is a generalization and isn't applicable to everyone, but people pleasers are people who, in my eyes, are most susceptible to toxic relationships. If you let yourself drop everything for a person who wouldn't reciprocate that, it's pretty easy to be controlled.
0: I definitely agree with that. And I think that is a really good point, that when it comes to people pleasing a lot of those people will drop everything that makes them happy to then make other people happy or make, like, a certain person happy. And if you really look at it, like, yes, they get that small amount of joy, like, doing those nice things for that other person... But in reality, their mental health, how they're feeling about themselves literally goes out the window. But
1: there's a line that you can cross between being there and helping someone and, you know, dropping what you're doing to make sure someone else is okay. But it's when they won't reciprocate it back or when they're not appreciative of it. Well, I think that's
0: definitely, like, when people say relationships are a two-way street, one of the biggest things. Because if you're giving all your energy into a person and they're not giving it into you... You're honestly just hurting yourself by doing that.
1: Exactly. This works in friendships too. One thing in friendships
0: that I think is, I mean, I know I've definitely thought this way, which can, it can be seen as toxic, but I don't know if it's necessarily like the worst thing in the world is when like someone wants you to do something for them and you're like, in your mind, you're like, they wouldn't do it for me, which there are some times where like, that's fine. They're not going to do it for you. You can still be the bigger person, do it for them. But in some situations you actually do, that's a good thing to think about is like, are you going to put all this energy into someone who wouldn't, like, say you give them something or like, I don't know, drive them to class. Say they're, that's so dumb, but like, are, if they're not going to drive you to class every day and you're driving them, why should you put that energy into someone else if they're not going to reciprocate it? That was such a dumb analogy, but like.
1: No, that makes sense and I agree with that, but to a certain extent, like I almost have opposing views but I do agree with what you're saying it's kind of contradicting thinking that way can become toxic if it's no for sure you know if you're like oh well this person wouldn't do it for me well what if the last time you asked them they were having a bad day or they needed to take time themselves and they couldn't put forth that energy you know so you can't always think that
0: way I definitely think it is a very fine line on that because it could be like it can be in a situation where it's definitely toxic to always think like they're not doing it for me i can do it for them. But it is definitely situational.
1: We're thinking small scale, like, oh, this situation. I mean, I can consider, like, oh, would they do this for me? But if it's truly your friend or if you're truly meant to be in this relationship or, you know, if it's a family member, you probably already have a good gauge on how much they're willing to be there for you and help you. We've been toxic before.
0: Yeah, we're definitely not perfect.
1: Everyone has probably been toxic in their life at some point. If you recognize it, that's when it's okay.
0: Like, not okay. I wouldn't say it's okay, you know? Like, it's uh, it's okay that yes, it happened. are you're, and you're able to realize, like, I messed this up. Like, that's not how I should have reacted. And you're able to reflect on it and learn for next time.
1: Well, I'm sure some people can reflect on moments and think, oh, this was toxic. It's the difference is whether you actively work on improving and being the yeah. better person mm-hmm. for yourself. Where, that's why I think, like, you and me making this podcast is honestly so important because...
0: It is a lot of self-reflection and we can't just preach things if we're not going to actually follow it. So I think it's good. <laughs> Do we want to talk about a little bit how we feel like we tend to react in situations when we are in the infamous yes. car ride and we were talking about how we don't necessarily understand other people's reactions when they're different than our own.
1: I guess, is it a toxic Um,
0: I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say it's toxic. I would just say it's like, it's not necessarily, it's something we could work on, for sure.
1: If I say something to someone and they don't respond how I, I would personally respond, that can have an effect on my thoughts.
0: I definitely relate to that because I know, like, if something happens and someone... As a different reaction, and they get really upset over something, and it's not something that I would have like reacted to or gotten upset about. I tend to like not necessarily understand their feelings and get kind of annoyed that they got upset, even though that's like selfish in a way. Like obviously, everyone reacts to things differently.
1: See, and I'm more so I don't get upset by it or like annoyed when people don't react the way I imagine them to. I think I just get anxious that I did something wrong. Everyone has so like such different communication styles and. Sometimes if I say something and someone responds, I take that to heart and I create issues in my head of what I could have done wrong, which is something I've been working on, you know, finding that security. It, it's not that deep.
0: You know? Yeah, I definitely, I don't know, my way of dealing with things is slightly toxic. and I don't know if toxic is the right word for it, but usually instead of dealing with things that are like bothering me or situations... I just like to pretend they didn't happen, which in the end kind of comes out like I like ignore people because then I don't have to deal with the situation or like emailing like a teacher. I just will email them and then I won't look at it for a week. And it's like I kind of needed the answer right away. But it's just instead of dealing with the situation, I don't want to know the answer. I don't want to deal with it. I'm just not going to look at it.
1: Yeah. And I definitely relate to that on some level, you know,
0: with the emails
1: yeah. And everything, like you said.
0: Yes. But I do that a lot.
1: <laughs> in, terms, it's just so dumb. in terms of relationships and friendships, I'm definitely more on the blunt side. Confrontational has a negative connotation, but I'm more confrontational than not.
0: I think that is kind of a word that doesn't necessarily need to have a negative con- connotation, depending on how the confrontation is performed.
1: It's whether it's constructive confrontation in a way, or whether it's just blaming and attacking the other person I will try my best and I definitely need to work on it not always I don't always do this but I try my best to confront the situation have a conversation with the person or about the issue just because I feel like if you face it head-on it's not confrontation against the person it's confrontation against the conflict that is so important
0: that's a really good sentence there it's confrontation against
1: the conflict not the person thank you I was actually really proud of myself for that one that's some good stuff I know because I've heard something like that before but it was more in terms of relationships where it's not you against the other person it's you against the problem or you both against the problem yeah which is so much more productive and so much more helpful and it's a more positive experience
0: that just really blew my mind Think of all the arguments that you've had in your life where, like, you're blaming the person and not the actual issue. And sometimes the issue can be the person, but a lot of times it isn't necessarily that. But it's
1: usually something the person is doing.
0: Yeah. It's like the action.
1: Oh, my God. And it's how you react to what the issue is. If I'm bothered by something someone else is doing... You don't get mad at the person. You ask them about what they're doing and maybe why they do it or if something can change, and you come to an agreement. It's not, I'm right, you're wrong. It's, let's find a common yeah. ground. and It's not always that easy, but it is really important. I think, like, in a way,
0: what I was saying, I know this is really backtracking right after your amazing sentence. It just blew my mind. literally <laughs> really blew me. But I think... With friendships, I'm more like throw it under the rug because I'd rather not deal with those conflicts. But in like relationships, I was definitely very confrontational to the way of inappropriate confrontation. I was
1: gonna say I feel like from what I know and what I've seen <laughs> with how you face things you have an issue with in relationships is you come at the person instead of talking about what what is something that's affecting you negatively or. Yeah. And that, that will come, people will understand that more in further episodes when we yeah, talk we about the deeper it, situations.
0: Yeah, we will get deeper into that, super fun times. I can, I can elaborate on it a little bit later. I guess, it was more so in my past relationships that I act like that than my most recent one. I was a saint. No, that's a lie. I don't know, keep going.
1: Going back and avoiding it and not talking to the person about it just so you can, you know, have time or you're not worried about it or not dealing with whatever may have annoyed you. It's such a temporary solution. A temporary solution! A temporary solution. And we don't like those. We do not like those. The thing is, is if you use temporary solutions in relationships and friendships, it always is just so much worse to deal with. It's like procrastinating. It is procrastinating. It literally
0: is procrastinating, but in emotions and situations that aren't, like, homework. It's, like, in relationships.
1: Not communicating and pushing things off like that. Pushing off Mm -hmm. whatever you're frustrated about or the person you could be frustrated with. At some point, some people use a temporary solution. It turns into a permanent one in a very negative way. And then they just kind of move forward without confronting the conflict.
0: I feel like when there is a conflict, even if you are either one person or both people are just throwing it under the rug, you can definitely still feel it in the presence of like being together. Even There's if, always yeah,
1: tension. Yeah. And
0: even if you're like having a good time, like you can, you still know like in the back of your head that there is that tension that's swept away.
1: And even if you can get it out of your head, if you're not thinking about it when you're with that person, it comes out in other ways. Your emotions. hmm whether it's consciously or subconsciously, your emotions will come back and come out in ways you don't Yeah. want it yeah. to. I know for past relationships, when I was upset about something and I didn't immediately talk about it, they would do the smallest thing wrong, something that maybe I would never get upset about previously. If I was upset about something else and it was a big issue in my head, I would get angry at them for small things. No,
0: for sure. And I think, like, In those situations, or just in procrastination or um, temporary solutions, like those problems are never going to get resolved if you don't make the steps to resolve them. Like, if there's something that's bothering you with something and you cover it up with like a temporary solution of just like throwing it under the rug or just saying, Yeah, it bothers me, but being like, It's really not that big of a deal. If it's a big deal to you, there is a big issue, you have to confront it straight up, or nothing's going to change. And
1: it's the moment that you notice those small reactions that you're like why am i when you reflect on it and you think why am i so upset about this it's because of this pent-up anger that i am reacting to such small things so yeah. dramatically
0: i think one important thing when it comes to these temporary solutions with like an argument or a conversation say you just were so heated it's not a temporary solution to wait 24 hours to have that conversation because sometimes or not necessarily even 24 hours sometimes you need that little debriefing that cool down period so you're not raging at them i
1: think it's healthy to take time to before you come at someone about something that you're upset about Mm -hmm. realize that you need to internalize your feelings and get down to the root of it before you say something rude yes you have to you have to communicate your emotions, not the problem. Yeah, and I think that was something I've struggled with a lot
0: is communicating my emotions where a lot of times, like, I say, like, my only emotions in life are happy and mad, which is definitely not true. But I feel like when I was upset in a rela- – this is, like, more of a relationship standpoint than a friendship, but if I was upset in a relationship and they were, like, making me, like, sad or upset – I take that out, and I get so mad. Like, I would never say, like, what they're doing is making me sad. I would just get, like, super pissed off, which is definitely unhealthy.
1: If you communicate about what they're doing wrong rather than how it makes you feel, that's when it turns into an argument between the two people. If yeah. you say yeah. something along the lines, like, I feel like, I feel upset when you're doing whatever. You have to communicate your emotions for them to understand. You know, communicating your emotions, they can't get defensive about the way you feel. They can't tell you 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 don't feel this way because that's how you feel. If someone is trying to say that your feelings are invalid rather than you know, listening and understanding how you could feel that way, that is toxic. Big red flag. Don't let the red flags go because
0: they're going to stay. They're going to flap around.
1: The red flags that you think are small that you ignore, it's all about if you ignore the issue, those are going to become big red flags in the long run. Yeah. Those things won't stay small. Those flags will be twelve foot flagpole by the end of it.
0: Uh, one thing I think that is a very popular thing to do in relationships that is also a temporary solution and quite toxic is when you just like have broken up with someone or just ended things and immediately you have to find someone else. And you, like, kind of use that person to get over. It's a rebound.
1: I think some people rebound and bounce back from it.
0: I think these are the two different parts of, two different things. Rebounding for yourself where, like, it honestly makes you feel so much better about yourself and you're happy you're rebounding. Then there's rebounding where you're only talking to this new person to make your old person jealous.
1: Or you're just trying to fill a void. Yes. Because there is the middle ground where it's like, Mm -hmm. like, I've done this. I got out of a relationship I started talking to someone new a while after but
0: yeah although I thought I was healed
1: from the past relationship and Mm -hmm. you know ready to move forward I was talking to this person while I did enjoy them and I really liked them yeah I knew deep down when I really thought about it that I didn't want to be talking to this person not that it was serious by any means but I was being so toxic by talking to this other person almost leading them on, but I convinced myself so well that, no, I'm, i moved on, I, I like this person.
0: Yeah. I think they're definitely, there are the three stages of rebound. The rebound for yourself, the in-between void, and then the, to make the other person jealous. Yes,
1: which I, I've never been someone where it's like, oh, I want to make this person jealous. Of course, like, when I go out, I want to look good, you know. Yeah. Stuff like that, but it's not like I would go out of my way. To make you yeah. upset.
0: Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. I feel like...
1: I think you're in the middle. I think you're in the middle between void and jealous. Because, of course, you want to fill that void, but then you also enjoy... It's funny. Okay, it's not funny. It's not funny. I know. I know, because... You've seen it all. I mean, Brittany and I have been <laughs> friends for four years now. I've seen her with a few different men. That's... We will talk about that. Social media yeah. is
0: a whole
1: other topic yes
0: yeah see that's where I'm working on it I'm working on it
1: yes no and that's amazing and it's definitely improved
0: and I think that is like just kind of touch back on before we started talking about like what ourselves with rebounds I think like when you do talk to someone out of like trying to make the old person jealousy jealous you're not only hurting the person you're talking well trying to hurt obviously you're hurting the person that you're using as that temporary solution because for all they know like you're really into them you like really want to be with them and then say that other person wants you back like you'd probably drop that person like that you're hurting that person that you're talking to
1: my three year almost three year relationship ended yes I took a few months to myself but then once I started to talk talking to someone new I thought I was healed from the past relationship and I wasn't I had the other person that I was talking to Emotionally invested, like they were ready to actually be together. And not that I didn't want it to work out, part of me did. I knew I wasn't ready for that. My intentions was never to use that person as a rebound, I never wanted to hurt them. But in the long run, I ended up hurting them and hurting myself because I had to reflect and be like, you know what, I'm not ready for this. And telling them that was so difficult.
0: And I feel like your situation, like, you didn't do it out of spite or anything. It honestly just, like, you just weren't ready.
1: I didn't post anything. I didn't try to make yeah. it. I, I never did it out of spite or out of jealousy. Yeah. It's because I wanted to fill a void within myself. It ended up hurting me longer yeah. or in the long run because I had to mm-hmm. stop something. I was being toxic once I realized that, you know, I had to put an end to it, which, I mean, honestly, I give myself kind of kind of props for recognizing yeah. that. and. Not just leaving that person hanging on just because I needed that.
0: Yeah, and I think that definitely shows maturity that you were able to recognize that situation. And I think ending anything can be really hard, which is a lot of reason a lot of relationships are dragged out. But you took initiative, realized, like, you were being toxic and that you had to cut it off.
1: I needed time, and I've definitely taken that time alone to figure myself out and, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of get over it. What I had just lost. I think that is a really important
0: thing after coming out of long-term relationships because you are so used to being with someone. You become kind of dependent on people, on that person, where I think it is good to not necessarily go for a rebound. It is smart to take time for yourself to be like, I can live on my own. I don't need to be constantly texting someone. I don't need to be constantly Snapchatting someone. I don't need to be with someone every single night. Like It's honestly kind of refreshing to take that time and realize like I can do it on my own
1: first month or two or you know it changes for every person but that time is really difficult adjusting to not talking to someone every day like you're saying and all of that stuff but in the long run once you focus on yourself and find happiness with what you value what you do the people around you that's when you can be ready to give someone your all again
0: no exactly I feel like leading someone on or like still having feelings for someone else, like, that's going to come up somehow in a relationship. Like, whether it's, like, you accidentally drunk text the old person or, like, you just, like, do something. It's still going to affect, like, if you're not ready to be in a relationship, jumping into one is going to hurt you. It's going to hurt the other person. And honestly, you're better off just taking time to yourself and being ready to be in a relationship again. That is our little rant on toxicity and relationships
1: and reactions. Negative emotions and people. And not using temporary solutions. Yes, do Yeah, you have Wait, what did we learn today? Listen to your friends and don't get frustrated with them. They have your best interest. Confront the conflict, not the individual.
0: To end today, I thought, because we kind of talked about my past reactions in relationships that tend to be a little toxic one thing that I've done in my life that is extraordinarily toxic is I have never deleted a single text off my phone I have them all I have all the receipts since like 2000 like 12 so I was like I bet I could dig up some good stuff here so I typed in the cute words I think it was like go fuck yourself Something like that, which is really inappropriate. So I typed that in, and just totally uncalled for. And it's insane that so many messages popped up. But I found this hilarious text with my high school boyfriend and I. And I was probably, I would say I was probably a junior in high school during this time. I think it was 2016. But So I found these texts, and he's like, after I went down eating, do you want to hang out? And I reply. Your priorities are so screwed. And he goes, what? How is that priorities? And I said, if you're not here by 620, don't come over. And he goes, Brittany, you're giving me nine minutes to eat. I said, you have 14 minutes to be here. He said, how am I supposed to eat in nine minutes? I said, now you have 12 minutes. And then he was like, why can't you just be happy to hang out with me? And I I don't even know what I said. I think I just replied like, 10 minutes. I've thought about it looking at those texts and they're hilarious now, but that was so rude, so controlling, so toxic. Like, let the kid eat. He wants to hang out with you. So uncalled for, but like, why not share the story, get people a little glimpse of kind of what me and Jacqueline were talking about earlier of how I used to literally be a psychotic woman.
1: Thanks for listening to our first
0: official episode. Our podcast is now on Apple Music, Spotify, and
1: SoundCloud. Definitely subscribe to our podcast, and you can follow our Instagram at unintoxicated.podcast and our Twitter at unintoxicated underscore. So if you'd like to follow our social medias, there will be posts there, whether it's about our new episodes or just some advice or things we've learned that we need to share. Thanks so much for
0: listening. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye. Goodbye.